Let me just say from the very, very outset, it is my distinct honor and privilege to be able to stand before you today, minister the word of the Lord, or what I feel like the Lord has placed on my heart. But first, I want to give honor to the Lord, of course. Um, Praise God. Has anybody figured out where you'd be without the Lord? I've heard several people over the years, and including myself, I'm sure I've said it a time or two, but I really tried to be uh, careful of the statement. Is, uh, when I found God. When I found God, I was blah, blah, blah. You fill in the blanks. I heard that statement until one day it convicted me and I realized how lost I was. It wasn't a matter of me finding God. It was about him extending his hand of love into the uttermost. He found me. I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue, folks. I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't thinking about God. That was not my desire. But he knew. Anybody heard the statement, but God? I wonder what would have happened if but God hadn't happened in your life tonight. (laughs) If God hadn't intervened. If God hadn't come in. Taking your place, my place. I appreciate him for it, but give honor to him and give honor to Bishop and Mother Wright and thank them for all of their years of faithfulness. Wherever you are, Mother, Bishop, we know you're about the work of the Lord and I come to love and appreciate that about them over the years that I've been here. And uh, they're so consistent and so faithful. And, oh, I know they're human, but but I thank God for the grace of God that's working in their lives to be the example that he's called me to follow after. And thank the Lord also for Pastor, Pastor Wright and his family. And, I try to remember uh, exactly when I became acquainted with a pastor, right? And I think that was when he was about 11 years old, somewhere between 9 and 11. I know I don't look like I'm that old, but I'm pretty old. And uh, I've come to appreciate him so very, very much. And um, I've said it before, and I'm sure I'll say it again at some point in time, but I, uh, I know the scripture says we're brothers, but I genuinely love him as a brother. He's a tremendous man, and I appreciate him so very, very, very much. And uh, I want to share something with you this evening that, um, that some of you, you're going to tune me out. Some of you, you already know pretty much how I operate, pretty pretty direct you know i took a was that a personality query or what was that uh, personality 
assessment. And uh, it took about 20 minutes. I got to be honest with you, right about the 15th, I was like, come on with these questions. They were asking the same thing over and over again. <laughs> I, I, I'd taken enough to realize that, but uh, I've taken several of those. And uh, this particular one, um, somebody had the Holy Ghost or something. That thing was scary. <laughs> I gave it to my wife. I said, you want to you wanna find out what's going on? I said, here, here you go. <laughs> and she read it, and one of my girls read it, and they were like, oh, God. But aren't you glad you're not a freak? <laughs> aren't you glad that there's somebody that knows you? I mean, life is complicated already, but I thank God today that he knows the road that I take, and he knows where I am, and he knows how to reach me, but uh, in taking that assessment, I'm serious with you, it was very, very uh, um, enlightening, to say the least, Um, um, just in describing my personality, the way I like things, and the way I do things, and uh, true to my nature, I'm going to be, uh, I'm just going to tell you what I need to say. It's, it's going to be, to some, they don't like that. They want you to come around the back door and climb through the window and all that. And That's too much time. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> but uh, I feel like the Lord really put something in my heart, and I want to share that with you. But in preface... I'd like to, 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 to reiterate a statement that, that uh, Bishop had said last, one of the last times he was in the pulpit, and he was, he was talking about our faith. Anybody remember that? And uh, I think the way he described it, he described it as atrophied faith. And uh, I don't know if you realize what that process of is, But basically what it states is you had use at one time. But because of circumstance, because of injury, because of whatever, you no longer have the same limit of function that you did have. Even to a place to where it begins to shrivel. It'd be one thing if our faith just stopped right where it was, Brother Mont. But when you don't use faith, you know what it does? It begins to shrivel. It begins to die out, to dry out. It's, it, it can't function. It, it just doesn't have any life anymore. But I was so glad in his admonishments that the Lord wants to restore our faith. Anybody need your faith restored? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've experienced a lot of things in the 30 years that I've been here. And I've got to say, you know, in the last little while, I have to agree. uh, Maybe I don't approach things with the same fervor, the same whatever. Um, If that's atrophied faith, then... 
then so be it. But my prayer tonight is, Lord, restore my faith. Lord, whatever you've got to do to, 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 to refurbish, revive, reinstitute, reinvigorate, I don't care what synonym you want to use, Lord, somehow the faith that I had restore it unto me again. And uh, I believe the Lord is in the healing and the restoring business for our faith. I, I don't believe he's brought us as far as he's going to bring us. I believe he's going to take us farther. But there's one thing of necessity. We've got to have faith and we've got to have faith, operating faith. We've got to have faith that produces. Not just on the individual basis, but he wants to restore the corporate. It's not good enough for Brother Spriggs to be restored in his faith. But there are many members of this body that have suffered either disappointment, shock, uh, whatever, uh, that cause us to withdraw. And it's not enough for Brother Spriggs to be the champion of faith and the rest of us just kind of lay back. But there's a faith that comes to the body. An energy, a strength that, that comes to the body that God wants to restore. When you walk into a collective room where everybody is, it's not just this, it's, it's, it's like a surge. There's an energy. There's, in that atmosphere, God can do anything. I said in that atmosphere, God can do anything. It doesn't matter what it is. But in that, on that corporate level, when that faith is restored, when that need or that opportunity is placed before the body of Christ, it's like it just pushes it right out. Because of the strength, the faith of that body. I used to believe that I could do it on my own. I'm just being honest with you. Well, if so-and-so won't do it, I guess I'll do it. If they won't get on board, I guess, look at my wife and tell her, come on, we'll do it. That was my faith. But I'm here to tell you there are some things in God that you cannot experience by yourself. There are some things in God that you need the, the guy, the girl next to you. Those that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, we are members of one body. And that body has a corporate faith that needs to be vibrant. It needs to be alive. And whatever God's got to do to restore that, Brother Mott, I'm all for it. It's just that we don't necessarily understand the things and the ways that God begins to operate. When the Lord allows certain things to come into our lives, we don't understand its source. We don't understand its purpose. We don't understand God's plan. We just, we check out because we don't understand it. But I'm here to say today that the spirit of healing, as we rededicate ourselves, rededicate ourselves in prayer and in fellowship with him, I taught a class uh, Thursday night, and I know this is real simple, but 
one of the things that I realize in the body of Christ is, oh, we pray through on Sunday night, but we disconnect on Sunday morning. I mean, Monday morning. We disconnect. We get tanked up. We get full up. We get all excited on Sunday. But my question to you today is what about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and on into Monday? Are we still connected? Are we still in fellowship with him? Or do we come back seeking another connection? Seeking another renewing? Seeking another touch? My admonishment Thursday night was to get connected and stay connected. Sister Owens, not just on the good days when everything is going your way, but when things have hit the ground, when it's gotten as low as it can go, I'm telling you right now, God is not surprised on those days. He just wants to know, are you willing to walk with him during those times as well as the good times? Can you walk with him when things are not going good? When things are not going the way that you anticipate? When things are not going the way that you thought they were going to go? Can you still walk with him? It kind of reminds me of when I was in high school, you know, those high school crushes. You know, you find a girl or a young man that you want to get acquainted with and you want to spend time with, and all of a sudden you could tell, Brother, Brother Barr, because they're holding hands going down the hall. She's mine, he's mine, and everything's great. But as soon as things hit the wall, And often happened in the same day. One period apart. And you go out and all of a sudden there's a space between them. Because somebody did, said, didn't do. I wonder if we treat the Lord like that. We walk hand in hand when things are going well. We walk hand in hand when things are going our way and we can kind of pre-plan everything. But the moment he throws a curve, we go, I don't like you no more. I don't know that I want to spend time. You can't be trusted. I would like you better if I knew what you was going to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a little too direct for some, isn't it? <laughs> but that's the way we treat him. But I'm here to tell you the Lord wants to restore that kind of connection. That kind of connection that will endure hardship, that will endure difficulty, that will endure a storm. I'll say this, you can't fake faith. I said you can't fake faith. Not real faith. You can't fake it because there's going to come a test. There's going to come a storm. And when that storm comes, 
Your faith or your so-called faith is going to be tested. It's all right when things are going well. But what happens when the tests come? What happens when the questions come? I remember when first living for God, it didn't matter. It didn't matter what God did. It didn't. It, I mean, it, I'd be hungry for three days, but that's all right, Jesus. Just me and you. As long as I know you're there, Jesus, everything's okay. But as time goes on, those tests, they intensify. And we begin to realize that we really can't figure him out. Another way that God wants to restore our faith is not just by fellowshipping with him. That's, I, won't, I won't say it's easy. Because in that kind of, 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 of move, a kind of restoration with God, you've got to live, and, and I know this is a, a bad term, but if you could accept it, an open relationship with him. Instead of hiding, everything is open. You get what I'm saying? Everything is open, Lord. If you woke up late, Lord, I woke up late today. I didn't spend any time with you. I, I know this is real, but this is all a part of just realizing that he's there all the time. We live our lives like he's going to disappear or he has disappeared and he doesn't know what's going on. Let me tell you, God knows what's going on. He just wants to know if you will include him in it. Praise God. So that right there is, wasn't really, my, it's not my, my, my thought here today. I just thought I'd throw that out there for you, just for food for thought. Maybe somebody here wants to, you know, come out of hiding and, 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 and spend some time with the Lord and allow him to do that. But if you will, you don't have to stand. Just turn in your Bible to the book of uh, James chapter 1. And while you're searching, I'm going to go ahead and read. James chapter 1 and verse 1. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which scattered abroad. Greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting what? Nothing. And I want to somehow, by the grace of God, kind of tie this to Job chapter 6. No, chapter 5. And uh, verse 6. Although affliction cometh not forth from the dust, neither does trouble spring up from the ground, yet man is born unto trouble. Let the sparks fly upward. I said, man is born under trouble. Man is born under trouble. 
Okay, if you want to leave, you can go ahead. <laughs> Man is born under trouble. <laughs> Brother Middleton, we were shouting just now, but now you're talking about trouble. We don't want to hear about trouble. Anybody got trouble? No, anybody got real trouble? I, I'm not talking about a headache. I'm talking about real trouble. We're going to talk about the blessing of trouble. Hallelujah. You didn't think there was a blessing in trouble? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, by the grace of God, the Lord's going to help us here tonight. And we're going to talk about the blessing of trouble. You might as well get acquainted with it. Might as well go on and snuggle up close. Because <laughs> trouble is never far away. It, it's, it's amazing to me how we, uh, uh, how we respond and react when trouble happens. We're like, I mean, it's like the world just falls apart and and I understand that. I'm not a freak. I'm not crazy. I'm, you know, and I, I'm not jumping up and down for trouble. But I am coming to a place to realizing that no matter how long I live for God, trouble is not very far away. It's just a matter of how I approach trouble. How I, how I allow trouble to affect me. I can respond to trouble in a positive way or I can respond to it in a negative manner. I can respond in a way that is going to be a blessing towards me and to those that are, 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 are part with me or I can act in a negative manner and only God knows where that ends. The thing is, when trouble comes, the first thing we must do, or I feel we must do, is you need to discern the source. Because if you don't discern the source, if you don't discern where trouble is coming from, then you can make a wrong decision. You can cause yourself a lot of harm and a lot of needless difficulty. You got to discern whether or not it's a blatant attack from Satan. You got to discern whether or not it is Satan that is truly coming against you or is it just me and my dumb mistakes? Is it because if it's Satan, if it's the devil, I'm telling you right now, it doesn't take long to deal with the devil. Just a word spoken under the anointing and authority of the word of God and the devil's got to go. He can't remain. He's got to go. He can't stay. But what I find is there's a fine line between that and my mistakes. 
When I make those those wild, crazy judgments and things don't work out the way I think or want them to work out, what happens is I can't find authority to speak against that. I feel for it. I look for it, but it's not there because I know way back in my mind, you know you did that. You were the one that caused it. I am the source. It's my fault. Well, Brother Middleton, I don't want to hear that. Chances are you've been rebuking the devil and he hadn't been gone anywhere. <laughs> because you have to deal with him every day. But you've got to discern where your source of trouble is coming from. Is it the adversary? Or is it you, I, I'm, 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 I'm here today and I'll tell you, over the years I've made, whew, if it wasn't for God, they'd kick me out of the church. Because I'm telling you, I made some Lulus. I know some of y'all don't know what a Lulu is, but that's a big one. I'm... You know, and and if it wasn't for God just coming up behind behind me and cleaning up my mess, if it wasn't for him whispering in my ear saying, uh, "I'll keep this between me and you if we'll if you'll just," I won't let anybody know how silly you've been. You got to discern the source. But the truth of the matter is we find it difficult being transparent enough and honest enough to really say, Lord, I really made a mistake. But if you can, you will open your heart and allow the Lord to help you. I'm here to tell you, nobody else has to know about your mistakes. God can keep your secret. And he will keep your secret if you'll trust him. The third option here is whether we're, all right, we've already talked about a blatant attack from the enemy, talked about it being our own fault. But there are some situations where we begin to suffer in the will of God. And as a child of God, I know we don't, we don't like to use the word suffering. We don't like to use the word trial. We don't, like, we don't like using those words at all. But the truth of the matter is there are those times when the Lord allows things to come our way. To test, to purify, to revive our faith. You got trouble? Why do I have this trouble? What is the source of this trouble? Have you prayed this way? Lord, I've done the best I know how to do. Lord, I know I've made mistakes in the past, but Lord, if you will help me. And do you still find yourself in trouble? <laughs> Y'all are not happy with me right now. <laughs> 
I'm here to tell you there's a blessing in your trouble. First Peter chapter 4 verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, we got any Christians here tonight? Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that the judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it begin at us, what shall the end be for them that obey not the gospel of Christ? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. <laughs> you got trouble? Put it like this. You're minding your own business. Doing whatever you know to do to live for God. And, and trouble just finds you. Is there anybody here like that? You're doing everything you know to do. You're, you're fasting. You're praying. You're believing. You're, 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 you're submissive. You're, you're, you're cooperating with, with, with leadership. You're, you're, you're fellowshipping with God. And, and all of us, we... We're not perfect, but you get what I'm talking about here. And you still find trouble. Is there anybody here like that? Can you raise your hands if you're here? I, maybe, maybe I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> but I find I, I'm not a busy, busybody. But there are times when trouble just, just is at my door. And I'm like, Lord, what is this all about? I thought living for you, Lord, everything was, everything was lovely. And, and every time I look around, Lord, there's, there's trouble. <laughs> and I think about Think about the book of Psalms. I believe it's chapter 23, verse 4. Yea, though I, the shadow of, I will no evil. For thou art, sound like Job found trouble. Would you? Would you say that? Trouble. 
I guess in all that I'm trying to submit to you today is trouble is not really a bad thing. Anybody ever prayed, Lord, give me great faith? Come on. Anybody pray, give me, Lord, I want great faith. Guess what you did? You prayed for trouble. I was in a conversation about a year ago, and uh, it was a pretty intense conversation. It's about all the things that we're doing wrong, <laughs> all the things that we should be doing in order to have revival and the move of God that the Lord wants us to bring, wants to have, but we're not having it. And I find myself into this conversation. And uh, we were talking about all those glorious things that we like to talk about. Oh, brother, I want to see the miraculous. I want to see God raise the dead. I want God to open deaf ears. I want to see... God's able, to, and I believe God's able to do that. Unstop the deaf ear. God's able to do all of that. I've had God to heal my, my broken wrist. So I've experienced some of that at some level. I've seen God provide miraculously for me and for my family. I'll share one testimony with you. Early in my walk with God, I wanted to spend, I wanted to go see my mother, couldn't see my mother, and I had a dream. And in the dream, the phone rang, and the person that answered the phone, uh, answered the phone and said, after they hung up, they woke me up in the dream and said, your mother said she'd be here in seven hours. In the dream, that was the, the dream. When I woke up, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, not seven hours, but seven days. Seven days from that moment, we were outside clearing, clearing the land for this building. You talk about a Jim Jones setup. It looked just like that. Had a big old bonfire and everybody dragging brush to the fire and whatnot. And all of a sudden, this green Cadillac pulls up on the hill, and I hear the horn blow. And a woman's voice, a female voice says, Glenn, Glenn. I turned around and looked. And when I saw, I caught eyes with my mother, the Spirit of the Lord says, I said, seven days, not seven hours. It was, it was absolutely awesome. It was something that, that God had done for me. Let me know that he cared about me, that I, could, that I could trust him, that I could rely on him. Okay? But he doesn't just want to stop there with, with, with a miracle that happened some 20 some odd years ago. Or where he spoke to you 15 years ago and you stopped believing God. He wants us to continue in our faith and progress in him. Does that make sense to you? He wants us to grow in him okay so I, i've had different experiences like that where the lord just showed up and just told me what he was going to do and and he did it he healed this arm 
where's Isaac? Isaac, you here? He was here. I want to tell you what God can do. When my wife was pregnant with him, the Lord woke me up in a dream. I knew what he looked like. I knew how long he was. I knew how much he weighed to the ounce before he came out. When he came out and they were cleaning him up and they were measuring him, they said he's whatever long. I can't remember right now. And I spoke and I told him exactly how long he was. They said he was so-and-so pounds, I mean ounces. I said, and that translates into five pounds and whatever ounces that was. He had a head full of curly hair. I saw him before he even came out. When I told the doctor all of this, he looked at me and says, how did you know that? Who, who told you that? What I'm trying to say to you here is, is if we walk with God, God, life is not going to catch you by surprise to where you just want to give up and quit. You may not have an answer for everything, but you won't have to go through life feeling like you're going to quit because you don't know what's coming around the next corner. I serve a God that is able and willing if he so desires to reveal to us what he has planned. The problem is he will reveal his plan, but he does not always reveal his purpose. And here is where we get all shook up because we don't understand his purpose. Lord, why? And there are times... And he may disclose that in the other times. You just have to trust him. But with all of those things that happened early in my walk with God, I find myself now, you know, Lord, take me to the next level. Lord, I want to see the blinded eyes open. Lord, I want to see the hundreds of thousands receive the Holy Ghost. I want. I believe you can do these things, Lord. And right on the heels of that comes trouble. Right on the heels of that great prayer, Lord, show me your glory and here comes trouble. Lord, show me what you will do, what you can do, what you want to do. And then there's trouble. You ever notice that opposites attract? Do they? Attract? You ever? Any young ladies here? You went to the prom? I know. Come on now. I went to the prom. I'm talking about. But you ever notice that good girls like what? Is that true, ladies? I don't know what it is about that. But good girls 
seem to just gravitate. I don't know why that is, but it happens. Good girls hooked up with trouble. Well, Brother Middleton, what are you trying to say? Bethany, come here, babe. Come here, babe. Yes, ma'am. Come on. Come on, don't have all night, baby. You don't have to run. I know you like to run, but... You know how we do this. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but it's been a little more quick. <laughs> you ever go to those formal gatherings and and the guy and the girl come in? They're all poised. <laughs> She's not liking this right now. I mean, you got your escort and there. This is trouble. This is trouble. Trouble escorts us to the next level. So you better be careful how you move. You better be careful how you walk. You better be careful how you handle yourself. Because your, your trouble is escorting you to the next level. And you got eyes all on you. Everybody wants to know how you're going to handle your trouble. How you're going to deal with your hardship. How you're going to deal with your problems. How are you going to get through this? Yeah. You see, that's what trouble, when I think about trouble, that's what I think. Trouble is your escort. And there's no way around it. There's some, every, almost at every key point in my walk with God, when we're talking about going from one level of faith to the next level of faith, almost every one of them without fail had trouble associated with it. I'm not saying that God doesn't do, he does wonderful things. He does good. But you know what? I've had to learn to live, get acquainted with trouble. Because trouble was a thing that strengthened my faith and my resolve in God. I had to learn how to conduct. I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to. And I find that a lot of our victories, Brother Brown, they're wrapped in trouble. We don't want trouble. You can't have victory without trouble. You can't have victory without trouble. You know what this is? That's an empty shout. 
That's an empty shell. There's nothing in it. But my friend, when you have gone through hell and you've come out on the other side, and some of those that have been around here a while that know what I'm talking about, when you come out on the other side and that old gray head begins to shout and they begin to dance and they begin to worship God, that's not an empty shout, my friend. There's something there. Where God is getting ready to take them to another, another place. Oh, Brother Middleton, you, you ain't got no trouble. But that's just an empty message. You don't have any trouble. You don't look like you have, because I've learned to walk with my trouble. I've learned how to carry my trouble. Part of the biggest problem of, 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 of delivering a load is sometimes you got to shift your weight. Sometimes you got to move your weight around so that you can carry it. But some of us become overladen to one side. And then all of a sudden now we can't carry the load and the whole world knows about it. Anybody understand what I'm talking about here? So, Brother Miller, you don't you get a nice suit on. You got a nice look at you. You don't have any trouble. I got trouble, folks. I got trouble. I got trouble like I had never faced before. And every day is a test. I mean, yes, I've cast out devils. I've prayed for sick people. There was one woman many, many years ago. She came to care group. Her jaws, they looked like saddle bags. They were swollen. Her glands were swollen. And she had gone to the doctor that day and she came back with a report of cancer. This is many, many years ago. And she came to care group and I was the leader that night. And we got around her that night. I put my hands under her cheeks here. And we prayed in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what? That swelling went down in my hands. In my hands. I've seen God deliver in trouble. But what happens when you're walking in trouble? I went to the doctor two months ago, and I'm not trying to be dramatic. I just want to tell you the facts. Two months ago, do I look healthy to you? I went to the doctor, and they diagnosed me with prostate cancer. I thought I was all right. <laughs> I was minding my own business. And here comes trouble. Now, I can... Sign on the dotted line and say, I'm out. Or I can believe God for a miracle. This, please, don't come up to me after church. Oh, brother, we're praying for you. Please pray. Okay? 
But let me tell you something. Something greater is happening. I said, something greater is happening. Something is happening to my faith. My faith is being rekindled and revived again. Amen. You know, our problem is we want God to do everything right now, today, instant. But we fail to realize even creation was revealed over a span of seven days. It wasn't instantaneous. He revealed a little here, there. But we want everything. I'm talking about trouble. And sometimes when you're in the midst of it, I was fine up until about, oh my, about two weeks ago. My God, it was like the devil himself was inside of my head. And I'm like, Lord, what, 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 what's going on, Lord? How are we going to make it through this? And the Lord says, just trust me. And he brought me back to Psalms 23, and this is what he says. You're going to walk through the shadow of death, but surely grace and mercy they're going to follow you all the days of your life. What are you saying? I got a chaperone. <laughs> I got a chaperone. Because we know trouble can sometimes get out of hand. But goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. They're there to make sure trouble doesn't just have its free course. Because if trouble could, trouble would overtake you. Trouble would destroy you. Trouble would consume your faith. Trouble will cause you to give up. Trouble will cause you to turn away and turn back. But the blessing of learning to walk with trouble. Now look, I don't want you to think I'm some whatever, but I'm not volunteering for trouble. In no way am I volunteering for trouble. I, no, I don't want it. I like those easy days. I like those days when it's just me and the Lord just going through life. But it's not always that simple. Especially when the Lord has a purpose in mind. Especially when the Lord wants to rejuvenate, revive. What's the trouble for? Why am I going through this? Why am I having to deal with this? Could it be that the Lord, not only Glenn Middleton, but for the trouble in your life, the Lord has allowed it to come so that he can revive your faith. (laughs) 
I, I walked away from that conversation I was telling you about. Lord, I didn't think about it till way later. I told you I wanted to see the blind eyes open and all that kind of stuff. And I walked out of that setting, going down the hall of this building, and I spoke out loud. I said, Lord, I'd sure like to see the miraculous. <laughs> Lord, I want to be used in the miraculous. I got halfway down the hall, and I realized in order to experience the miraculous, that somebody's got to go through a need. And somebody's got to go through difficulty. Does this make sense to you? So right now, I'm in the throes of all of this today. Last week, the Lord touched me under that tent. Someone, someone said to me, man, it looked like you were going to have a big dry cleaning bill. Because I, I was about ready to do a nosedive. I thought I was gone. But the Lord, he kept me up. And uh, the Lord touched me. When I went to that altar that evening, I had a list of three things. Three things that I battle with on a daily basis that I live with. Uh, one of them was blood pressure. I found out I had arthritis in my hips. That was a scare. And, of course, this whole deal with the prostate. Again, I'm not, I'm not sharing this with you for sympathy. I'm just telling you what God is doing. I went home that night, took my blood pressure. It was 140-something over 70. I haven't seen those numbers in about 20 years. Probably a little more. Also, when it came to my hip, the doctor really gave me a scare. He said, we want you to take a bone scan. I'm like, bone scan? What's up with that? <laughs> he came back and he told me, he says, well, you got arthritis. And I said, well, I could have told you that. All you had to do was ask me, you know. But I woke up the next morning. I don't have any pain. Normally, I don't have any pain. It's just stiff. And to me, stiff and pain is different. Maybe you don't look at them that way, but I do. Stiffness is different than pain. Okay? When I woke up Monday morning, my range of motion had improved about 70%. I'm telling you what God will do. 70%. I couldn't do this. I had to think about it. A long time. And if you were walking by, I probably would have got you to pick it up. 
But what I'm saying to you is God is able. And whatever he's got to do, Brother Mike, to position us so that we will know without a shadow of a doubt that he is able, then somebody, somebody may experience a little bit of trouble in your life. I'm going to go through this surgery on Thursday. And some will say, well, Brother Middleton, if the Lord did all of that, why are you going to go through surgery? You don't really believe God did it. Oh, yes, I do. But the reason why I'm going through with the surgery on Thursday is for one reason. It's because I'm not in this alone. Along with my family and my blood relatives who are Thomases. I'm going through for Thomas. Thomas, you don't believe? Here. You can't deny that. They go inside. They find nothing. What are you going to do now, Thomas? What's your excuse now, Thomas? Amen. So sometimes, folks, you may have to walk through a little bit of trouble. You might have to learn how to walk, coexist with trouble for a little while. Until God takes you to that next level. Does this make sense to you at all? Going to the next level, folks, is not just, I'm going to the next. It doesn't work like that. There's got to be a need. There's got to be a need. Somebody where the door is opened. And you're able to step through that door. Sister um, Trish, would you please? wasn't trying to hype you up in the beginning. But I was trying to get you in a position to where you will receive just the simplicity of the word. A lot of times, folks, we just get addicted to sermonizing. And then when someone just tells you just what God did without any fanfare, it's hard for us to take because I, I, didn't, I, I didn't get that. There's no really, no because faith isn't about emotion faith is about a persuasion a conviction down in your heart that says my God can do anything oh brother Milton what do you mean he's talking to the bishop last story I'm going to share I was in a I was talking to the bishop uh, two weeks ago Sunday. He asked me a question the first time the Lord touched me. He said, are you healed? And before I even realized what I said, Brother Mott, I said, I'm healed. And he looked at me and he says, right answer. 
you gave the right answer. And to some, that wouldn't have meant a whole lot, but I was in a situation some 40 years ago where I was in a classroom. It's about 30 students. Teacher asked a question. And you got kids on every level. But this question stumped everybody. Nobody knew the answer, Brother Brown. And I sat there with my eyes closed. And all of a sudden, the answer to their question, just out of nowhere, boop, just a light, like a light bulb, just popped in my mind. And as soon as it popped in my mind, I opened my mouth, wrong thing. I opened my mouth and I spit out the right question, I mean the right answer. And you know what the teacher said? The teacher said, yes, right answer. But how did you get it? We live for God and we think just popping out the right questions, giving the right answers to the right questions is adequate. We're going through life and we're just filling in the blank. Ooh, what did you put? On our little, uh, on our, on our tests for Antioch U, I don't say anything, but I watch what you put down. What you put down for number three? What you put down for number two? I've seen people erase the right answer and put the wrong answer all because of somebody else put another answer down. They're just filling in the blank. They're not learning anything. You can't live for God just filling in the blank. you got to understand the process. you got to understand what's going through. How'd you get what you got? That's what faith is all about, folks. So that's what faith is all about. Faith is real. I said faith is real. Faith, you can't fake faith. God put something in your heart and you know God did it and there's no refuting it from the devil. I'm telling you what, it may be a little while but the devil, he's going to back down. He's going to give up because he knows they are fully persuaded. Are you fully persuaded tonight? Are you fully persuaded that the thing, the very thing that God spoke to you, that he is and he will perform what he said? Are you fully persuaded? I was talking to the bishop and I told him, when I told him, gave him the answer, he said, right answer. And I didn't realize what he was doing. And I went, he, he looked at me, he said, according to your faith. According to your faith, brother. And he left me alone. And that thing haunted me. And what was he trying? You know, the bishop always has an ulterior motive, right? He's always got another thing going on. You know, he's got another program going on. And I'm like, Lord, what was he talking about? He says, according to your faith, be it unto you. So I went and I found that scripture. And I looked at that word faith. And that word faith simply means 
conviction, persuasion. And then it went on and says, as an argument. You see, the right person, right individual doesn't always win in court. It's the person that has the best argument. If the devil has a better argument and he can persuade you and cause you to lose out, cause you to drop that very thing that God has promised, then guess what? Then he's won. Because there's a war going on in your mind. You haven't decided yet. You're not fully convinced yet. You're still hearing the arguments. And so many promises and so many things that God has promised go fall on the ground because one reason. The scripture says, who hath believed my report? I believe the report of the Lord. But because the enemy can present seemingly a better seemingly more factual argument guess what we do we let go of the promise of God and it hits the ground well I'm here tonight and I'm asking and I believe the Holy Ghost wants to know whose argument you going to believe was the argument on Calvary persuasive enough was the thing that the Lord spoke to you, was he persuasive enough? Or are we going to believe what the enemy has said? Nobody's ever done that before. A hundred thousand? How's that going to happen? That's foolishness. That's the enemy's argument. Who does he think he is? Who does that church think they are? Do they think they're the argument? Whose argument are you going to believe? Well, that's on a corporate level. But what about in your own personal lives where God has already spoken a thing to you? He's already declared a thing to you. Do you believe it? According to your faith, so be it unto you. I walked away from that I closed my office door and I said, Lord, I don't care what happens. I believe you. I know I'm healed. I don't care what the devil, what symptom, what lie, what strategy the enemy wants to throw my way. Lord, I know you touched me. I know you healed me. Lord, and I'm holding on to your word today. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I own a piece of property in South Carolina, but I can't do a thing with it. They tell me it's mine, but I can't do a thing with it. You want to know why? I don't possess the deed. If I could possess the deed, I could do whatever I wanted to do with it. Could it be that there are those of us here tonight? We don't have the deed that we say we have.
We're trying to conduct business without a deed. Does this make sense to you? I'm here to tell you tonight, if God spoke it, God's able to do it. If he took you through trouble, he's able to bring you out. He's just waiting on you to trust him and to rely on him. You stand to your feet right now. There's not a whole lot of emotion here. That's great. But I'm telling you right now, there's a spirit of restoration in this room where the Lord wants to restore, restore that faith that you once had. In the name of Jesus. We're not going to be able to fake our way through. We're not going to be able to operate without the deed in our hands. Somebody, somebody has got to get in the presence of God and hear the word of the Lord and move with assurance and conviction in their heart that says, my God is able to do exactly what he said. Whether it's cancer, you don't have to fear cancer. My God is able to heal it. I said, my God is able to heal cancer. I don't care any kind of cancer. My God is able. And if I've got to walk through it to know that, then so be it. But I'm telling you tonight, my God is able. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus. Let God restore. Let God revive. Let God revive your faith here tonight. Hallelujah. The very thing that he had begun in you, he wants to complete it. He wants to take you to the next level. I know you didn't think he would use trouble, but that's his very vehicle that he will use to escort you to find out whether or not you will go through. Is there anybody here that wants to embrace your trouble for just a few minutes here? I invite you to come in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand why. Maybe God wants to take you to a new place. Maybe God wants to show you something different. Maybe God wants to revive your relationship. Come on. In the name of Jesus Christ, this thing that God has promised to do is going to take more than the faith of Bishop Wright. It's going to take more than the faith of Pastor Wright. It's going to take more than the faith of the leadership. It's going to take faith of this body, corporate body, to move. Hallelujah. To see it come to pass. In the name of Jesus come on in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus revive us tonight God in the name of Jesus Christ 
What are you going to do when trouble comes your way? Because it's coming. It's coming, my friend. Trouble is coming. What are you going to do when it comes? What are you going to do when you're faced with trouble? Hallelujah. It's easy to talk about until your life is hanging in the balance. Then you need a word from God. Then you hear something from God. You won't be able to move without a word from God. Come on, in the name of Jesus. He's able. He's able to speak to your heart. He's able to give you a calm and peaceful assurance that he's able to do what he said. Grab the hand of your escort. And walk through your circumstance. Walk through your difficulty. Oh, come on, trouble. Trouble, you almost caused me to give up. Trouble, you almost caused me to throw in the towel. Trouble, you almost caused me to question God. Trouble, trouble, I'm telling you right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ. If you could see, I might have to walk through a time of hardship. I might have to walk through a time of difficulty. But I'm telling you right now, I'm going to come out on top. I'm going to come out victorious. I'm going to come out in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to come out with the glory of God. I'm telling you right now, God's able. When you're going through it, you don't need emotion. When you're going through it, you need the Lord to speak to you. When you're going through it, you need God to confirm his word. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about pie in the sky. I'm talking about getting alone with God and letting God talk to you. Let God bring an assurance to you. working you he's able he's able to finish it he's able to do it come on faith is real faith is real you can trust him said you can trust him on, let him take you. Let him take you to the next place. Let him take you to the next level. Let him take you where he wants to lead you to.
Why has the Lord allowed this to come this way? Why has the Lord allowed this to happen to me? Come on, in the name of Jesus. He's able. He's able. Renew it. Renew my childlike faith, Lord. Renew it, Lord. Come on, I see God moving all over this building right now. Maybe you didn't understand what you're going through. Maybe you wanted to just give up, give up, but I want you to know God is giving you an invitation to walk even closer. I didn't find him. He found me in a time of trouble. 
He found me when I had a need. He found me. Jesus, I don't that's the blessing of trouble. The blessing of trouble is you can come out on the other side with a greater understanding. Not only a greater understanding, but a revelation of his great love for you. That's the blessing in it all. Come on. You'll get to know him even better.
please continue. The Spirit of the Lord is so sweet to kiss this place. If you're praying, please don't feel rushed at all. Just take your time in the presence of the Lord. Let the Lord speak to your heart. But to those of you that are done praying, please, I'm going to ask you to take your fellowshipping either downstairs. There is um, a little bit of fellowship down in the fellowship hall. You're more than invited, so if you'd like to participate in that, uh, feel free and do that. Lord bless you.